The debate is over. Mobile UX is officially now part of SEO, with Pam Unks-Cronin from Pam and Marketing. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Pam, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022? So my number one tip for 2022 would be that the argument is over, all debate is over, mobile user experience is officially part of SEO. Google's Core Web Vitals initiative that they're currently trying to get everybody on board with now is all the evidence we need to say that finally we have UX metrics as part of our SEO goals. And I think that's what was missing before was it wasn't quantified. So you could debate all day long. Is UX part of SEO? Is it not? Google's quantified it, made it measurable. It's here to stay. Got to do it. So are there certain elements within mobile UX that makes it um, a different um, set of standards to adhere to compared with uh, desktop behavior? Yes, absolutely. Um, So usability overall, of course, should be important. But as with everything lately, page speed and just uh, indexing in general, Google is all mobile first now since, you know, the large majority of searches occur on mobile. So equally important on both. I don't want to say it's not important on desktop, but it's so it's more important on mobile because more people are searching on mobile and Google's getting pickier about mobile. But it's also a lot more challenging. Um, I mean, I tried to do something as simple as resell some concert tickets that I couldn't go to anymore on my phone today. And it took me at least three, if not four times longer than it should have just because of mobile browser compatibility stuff. Stuff was hopping. I tried to click on one thing and it hopped around and mobile is innately challenging. So um, I'm actually kind of glad they're forcing the issue in a way because it shouldn't be this frustrating after we've been a mobile first world for this long. So what elements of Google's core web vitals are most important to be focusing in on specifically for mobile UX? So right now they have three that they want us to, to focus on. And there, there's acronyms for each one. There's LCP, which is Largest Contentful Paint, FID, which is First Input Delay, and CLS, which is cumul- I can never say this word, cumulative, cumulative layout shift. <laughs> say that 10 times. We'll fast. remember though. <laughs> yes, yes, cumulative layout shift. So those are the three that are, and, and I can define them um, as briefly as I can if you'd like, but those are the three that matter right now that they've officially made measurable and set benchmarks to. I wouldn't doubt at all that there's more to come down the pike that they will do the same thing with, quantify it in some way. But those are the first three to focus on for 2022. Sure. I mean, I think brief definitions are probably worthwhile as well. So I'm going to large, largest contentful paint. So that's essentially the, the largest element and the time that it takes for that largest element to load. Is that, is that, is that correct? Yes, it's fancy wording for the biggest thing on the page. (laughs) And it has to do with actually like perceived load time. So it can take the rest of the page longer to render and load and become visible to the user. But Google wants you to make the user feel like it's happening fast by putting the biggest thing in front of them first. Okay. And the other thing that you mentioned, cumulative layout shift. Now, is that... Um, essentially the amount of movement that you get on page as a result of the page loading. 
continuing to load, right? So that's that yeah. really annoying effect when you are on a mobile website and you're about to click on a button, but because the big picture that was supposed to be above the button didn't load until after the button, and then it loads, and the big picture smushes your button down, yeah. you miss pain. when you go to click on it. <laughs> yes. Or you're Especially reading bad if, you, if you have in ads in there as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, and... The third one was first input delay. Uh, so as far as I understand, that's once the page loaded, but the amount of time it takes for the first button to actually do something. Right. So if you see a button, so basically if the browser has rendered the code and painted the page to the point where you could see the button, but it's not yet clickable, that's an example of first input delay. It's the first input the user may want to make, but there's a delay between them seeing it and being able to interact with it. So, I mean, just going back to the first one, um, largest contentful paint, what's something that an SEO can do to help to improve the time that it takes to do that? Well, first and foremost, the most common question we've gotten so far is how do I identify what is the largest okay. uh, contentful paint item according to Google? Um, you may have several large images, hero images, background images, whatever it may be that are kind of similar, and you may not be sure what Googlebot is considering the largest contentful paint element. So first and foremost, head over to PageSpeed Insights, the, the Google PageSpeed tool, which is now essentially also the Google UX uh, tool, testing tool, and just run your site through there and look for the largest contentful paint um, part of the report, and it will tell you exactly which thing it is. And it may not even be an image. A lot of times it is, but it may not be. It's the largest element, whatever that may be. Um, mm -hmm. So first, identify it. And then secondly, I mean, since it usually is an image and it's usually a very large image, it's usually pretty simple to just optimize the file size and maybe the dimensions of that image. Um, I would always talk about on the page breed front, like don't upload a 4,000 pixel wide image into a 40 pixel wide spot on the site. That's mm -hmm. not going to go well. It's not going to load fast. You know, so optimizing for dimensions as well as the weight of the file, you know, make sure it's not four megabytes if it can be condensed down to you know, 40 kilobytes or something like that. Um, so typically that's in a lot of cases taking care of the LCP metric for a lot of our clients. So if you have a page where the largest image that you've got on the page is actually below the fold, is that image still counted as the largest contentful paint? Interesting. I, I can't say that I've seen that scenario, but I would imagine it could occur if for some reason... Um, like, because it's not really about above the fold. Theoretically, mm. it should be. But yeah, the thing is, I mean, that that would obviously uh, not impact user experience, but obviously it would impact that particular metric. You would think. Well, in in a way, it wouldn't. So let's say there's a largest contentful paint element below the fold. It's still important for that to load fast because theoretically, things above the fold could be waiting on that piece to paint. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times the largest stuff, uh, you know, as far as the structure of the page goes, is needs to be loaded first before other divs and elements that are nested within that can be loaded. Understood. And the second um, element that we talked about, the cumulative layout shift. Now, is this something that can only be improved by the UX team or other significant SEO elements to that that... Um, I, I, I guess can be can be changed, can be improved. 
This is the first time that we've really needed to pull in front-end designers kind of more intensely into mm -hmm. the SEO optimization process. Um, you know, there's the page speed was kind of, um, you know, pulling them in, but it was a lot of backend developer uh, tasks like server mm -hmm. speed optimization and whatnot. This cumulative, cumulative layout shift, the one that, you know, where things hop around, it's really about how the page is painted in what order things are loaded. And a lot of that has to do with the CSS. And so that's where the front end designers come in. And it's just, it's something that they, they haven't had to deal with before. And yeah. we haven't had to deal with them too much before. So to me, that's been kind of the, the newest um, territory to figure out how to navigate. And we're continuing to work on how to be more helpful to those uh, front end CSS designers that are like, what in the world are you talking about? What do you want from me? You're like, please leave me alone. <laughs> so we're yeah, trying to Yeah, SEOs are having to be managers now because they're having to <laughs> yes, manage yes. content teams and manage front end developers and also potentially, I guess, manage back end developers with first input delay. Yes, yes. So, well, and I would say that we kind of got um, more, more heavily involved than ever with back end developers last year uh, with the page last year and, you know, year and a half, I guess, with the uh, page speed, you know, Google putting their foot down about mobile page speed. We we got to talk into a lot more back to back end developers uh, once that became as important as it is now on mobile. Um, but yes, so that that's a continued thing, uh, continued discussion with the back end developers is the the first input delay. That's more of a, you know, a functionality thing as opposed to a design thing. So, so in your opinion, I mean, how important a part of the algorithms is um, UX? Because uh, I'm thinking if you are already a leading player in your industry, possibly the leading player in your industry, and you're already ranking quite highly, are, are Google really going to de-rank you, uh, reduce your rankings um, than your competitors, um, even if you're obviously the leading player in your industry, if they perceive your UX as worse? Great question. Um, I would answer that the same way I answer any questions about how important any individual thing is in SEO, which is there's well over 200 things. I usually say 200 plus. I should probably be saying 250 plus, 300 plus. Who knows the grand total? Google doesn't give us that. But there's hundreds of things that matter when it comes to SEO and when it, hundreds of things that Google and other search engines evaluate when trying to decide how high to rank a page. These three metrics are three new ones, but there's still three amongst probably at this point 300 things that matter. So if you think of it more like playing a game where you have to earn as many points as you can to beat out your competitors, you know, cards in their deck, you got to deal with the cards you have in your deck. And, you know, if you're a leading brand in your space already, you're probably lucky enough to have an ace of spades of sorts in your hand and already have a ton of really great, relevant and reputable inbound links that is that are giving you points, you know, say air quotes points, because points really are a real thing in SEO. But for the analogy, you know, if you already, you know, if you're already dominating, you're already earning a lot of points in one category that I don't think that there's anything you have to worry about with losing points from those other categories. Um, it's just, it's a, I think of it like a percentage, you know, so let's say it's 300, three out of 300, you know, is that's basically how to measure the importance, you know, the percentage yeah. of things that you're ignoring or not tending to or doing bad on, how does that relate to the percentage of things you're doing good on, if that makes sense. 
That's a great analogy, and it's it's, it's really um, probably given a, f- a few SEOs a little bit of peace of mind. So that's that, that, that's good news there. Um, just just one other fairly technical question, and that is, um, there are many different versions of operating systems, Android, iOS, um, you can go back in time, and um, obviously people are using older versions of operating systems. What happens if your UX is actually fairly good in the recent operating system, but um, going back in time, it's actually not so good. And your developers haven't actually got the time and and efforts to go back in time and actually ensure that the UX is good for those old old versions of the operating system. Will Google trip you up on that, do you think? That's an excellent question as well. And um, something that applies equally, I think, to page speed optimization efforts, as well as these new UX efforts. And the answer really is that when it comes down to it, even though Google gives us all of these testing tools, you know, PageSpeed Insights, Lighthouse, webpagetest.org, they help work on, uh, we've got all these tools, but that's what they call lab data, like simulated data. Mm-hmm. So they pretend to be a user and they do emulate very slow mobile connections on very old uh, phone CPUs and operating systems and browsers. So they, they're they pretending to be like a on a 3G 1.6 megabits per second connection on a like Moto 4, I forget exactly what it, what the last iteration of it was. But yeah, they're, they're mm-hmm. kind of like being tough on you with the testing tools. But what matters is the field data what which is basically what users actually experience okay and google gets that not from googlebot as a crawler and not from the testing tools but from chrome user experience data um, google owns chrome one of the largest browsers in the world so they collect data from what users actually experience on your site through chrome and that's what you're ultimately judged on okay that's great to know as well um now in terms of the amount of time and the frequency that SEO should be focusing in on this? Is this something that can be done once, perhaps on an annual basis and then fairly forgotten about? Or does it have to be done on a regular basis and and really checked regularly? Unfortunately, it's got to be checked regularly, as with most things in in SEO. Um, And and the, the other thing is like, yes, I guess you could say for a single page, like your homepage being your most important page, you could optimize that page and maybe kind of consider it good for a couple couple months or so before double checking in on it. But there's all the other pages on your website, again, like that you should be testing and looking through. And so basically, you know, by the time you finish fixing one, it's like wax a mole, there'll be another one that's misbehaving. <laughs> so you kind of can, you know, should probably budget a little bit of time every month for for digging through. Um, so I mentioned the PageSpeed Insights tool as a place to get your metrics for a quick test. But really, Search Console will, is where you will get the data for each, each and every page. And it will it will separate it for you into those that need a lot of work and those that are doing fine. So, you know, we, we take a little bit of time each month to chip away at whatever's in Search Console, whether it's uh, one of these, um, you know, new page experience metrics issues or whatever issues come up in Search Console across the board. I think every, every SEO manager or person should have some time budgeted every month to dig through any and all issues that come up in Search Console. So I'm sure a few SEOs would be thinking, I've not spent any time on UX. I have to uh, definitely focus on this in 2022. So if someone's thinking like that, but they're a busy person and they have to actually stop doing something in order to actually find that time to focus on UX, what 
would they have been doing over the last few years that they actually probably can cut back on a little bit in order to spend more time on UX? So for that, I'd say that um, thankfully Google's algorithms are getting a bit smarter over time. Maybe not as smart as we'd like them to be at this point, but they, they are. They're getting smarter year over year. And so what that means is that we've had to spend a bit less time like agonizing over exact data analysis when it comes to things like keyword research. That, that's probably the biggest one where we've been able to pull back on our, our time spent agonizing over, should we pick the, the version of the phrase that has you know, 2,000 searches a month, or should we pick the version of the phrase that has 2,500 searches a month, but is a bit more competitive, a point more difficulty, or you know, like that kind of agony, yeah. <laughs> agony analysis. We should be combine a word for agony and analysis. Um, that kind of I'm time. I'm sure there is in German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to find that out. <laughs> that's a good one. So uh, yeah, I'm sure that that's that's where we've been able to save time as Google's algorithms improve and they're understanding that you know red sneakers is you know the same user intent as sneakers that are red. So we don't agonize over that difference in wording yeah. as much anymore. So I think certainly some time, if anyone's still really like in the weeds with that stuff, um, there's definitely a point that you hit a point of diminishing returns with the time spent on that kind of deep, deep dive analysis that could be shifted over to things like this. Makes sense. Well, a lot of great advice from Pam there today. You can find Pam over at pamannmarketing.com. Pam, thank you so much for being part of SEO in 2022. Thank you for having me. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at seoin2022.com. <laughs> <laughs>